0: and welcome i'm rich and this is misfits wanderers and the rest of us glad to have you along this is for those of us who felt like we didn't exactly fit in with the world we were brought into that feel like they have had a disconnect from their authentic selves in order to survive and assimilate who are desperate for something different we focus on our basic needs food clothing shelter but we often don't acknowledge our other needs and they are clearly needs to be seen to be heard to connect and to belong when those needs are not met we do what we know how in order to dull the pain the mission here is to provide a space where people can have these needs met in a safe environment surrounded by others finding their way who are willing to support and be supported along this collective journey when we connect to our authentic selves we can heal We can live and lead from a place of love rather than from pain or from fear. The ripple effects from more and more people freeing themselves from the chains of trauma and fear and living in love through their authenticity will change literally anything you can think of. One step at a time, of course, right? So let's explore, shall we? In this show, we are going to dive into the fawn, a.k.a. the people pleaser. What comes through for you when you hear the people pleaser? We will explore the impact of people pleasing through a tweet stream that I was recently turned on to. Did you know that people pleasing potentially can be an automatic response, like fight, flight, or freeze? Or the fourth word that has been added to that equation, fawn, to make it fight, flight, freeze, or fawn which I'd been aware of and I always kept forgetting. I never realized that any of that really and how relatable that idea actually is once it's put in my face. So what I'll do is I will read through most of the stream and I'll share what ideas pop out along the way. We are definitely going to have some good stuff to ponder. So I invite you to stick around and share what comes through for you along the way. I had read this out live in my Facebook group and had some interesting insights that I chose to add within that came through. But as I was doing the edits to make it podcast worthy, I had a couple of problems come through that I didn't realize in the middle of the recording. One was that the dog nearby was chewing on a bone. Well, it was a heck of a lot louder than the audio filter could do anything about I mean, I could have lived with that. Sometimes you just have life happening around you, and it is what it is. Also, through the course of that live stream, I kept getting these pop-ups with this gibberish that I didn't understand. Come to find out as I'm listening to the recording that the issue was my internet being wonky in the moment. And I discovered that there were several chunks in the middle of the stream that were completely unlistenable that I could not live with. So, I now have to recreate this. I love having to redo things. I guess I could have just transcribed what came through, what I could hear from my stream, but I want to see what happens if I simply let what needs to come through come through again. I suspect that there will be some similar insights. Some might be new. And some things that came through originally won't this time. And as far as you listening is concerned, it's going to be perfect and you're going to hear what you need to hear. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. I was inspired because a member in my Facebook community posted this as a reaction to an earlier post. I believe it was some kind of a meme. And it brought some really interesting insights into the world of people-pleasing. I had never thought of it in terms of an automatic defense mechanism, but more of a learned behavior. So in a way, reading it felt like a duh moment because it took pieces of things that I knew and stitched them together in a way that created a powerful picture to open my eyes. And I invite the possibility that it may do so for you as well. And I don't think that's ever a bad thing, whether we ultimately choose to accept or agree or not. Learning different perspectives opens up ideas and possibilities that we may have blinded ourselves to. We all do it. It's part of the human experience. Credit for the tweet string goes to Sam Dylan Finch, at Sam Dylan as in Bob, Finch is in the bird. The link will be in the show notes. Now reading from him directly. I want to share what has been, in the last year or so, one of the most important things I've realized about my own trauma history, something that has been massively important for my own healing. Let's talk about the link between people pleasers and emotional abuse. Confession. I am a people pleaser. It took me a long time to realize this, though, because I'm opinionated and I speak my mind. I'm an open book about a lot of what I've been through. Clearly, I don't care what people think, right? But people-pleasing is a lot more complex than that. It's actually part of a trauma response. Most people know about fight, flight, and freeze. But another response, fawn, is at the core of what people-pleasing is actually about. Fawn is always the one I keep forgetting about, that kind of just appeared recently in there and I didn't really have a good grasp on what that was and this really made that clear for me and I can relate to that because there are points where I very much feel opinionated and I have some strong things to say in certain moments but that invited me to think my way through. What moments... Am I having those stretches where I feel like I'm speaking my mind? And what moments am I feeling like I need to assimilate to what's around me? And there was an element of safety. There was an element of feeling like, did I need to protect other people in the room? Did I feel like there was some injustice, real or perceived, that I was fighting for. And definitely some situations were not like the others. Let me get back to the tweet stream. To avoid conflict, negative emotions, and re-traumatization, people who fawn when triggered will go out of their way to mirror someone's opinions and appease them in order to de-escalate situations or potential issues. For me... This meant that the more invested I was in an emotional connection, the less likely I was to criticize that person, vocalize when my boundaries were crossed, express unhappiness with their behavior, or share anything that I felt might damage that relationship. This could come across as being excessively nice and complimentary, overly concerned with another person's happiness, And waiting for cues in conversation to determine if something was safe to share or disclose. People pleasers are often considered emotional chameleons. Have you listening been in a spot where you were so wanting to connect with a particular person? It could be a mentor. It could be somebody you might want to date or were dating or a parental figure Somebody who it means a lot for you to be around them and be connected to them. And possibly fear of abandonment might be spinning around in the background. Yeah, something worth pondering. And that's why, in a lot of these pieces we just talked about, situation is everything. It makes total sense that you're going to be opinionated in one situation and you're going to overly submit in another people pleasers are often really warm encouraging and generous people they tend to overextend themselves and say yes to everything and everyone eager to make those they care about happy and comfortable how many of us know people that do that they really bend over backwards to make everybody happy in a party or in a dinner situation here's some food for thought going back to it they often grow up in very controlling and chaotic environments and internalized the idea that if they were perfectly good or well behaved they could minimize conflict and secure love and attachment and when you have this tendency to defer make yourself subordinate try to become smaller ignore your boundaries and intuition and minimize your own needs you are profoundly vulnerable to emotional abuse when you are excessively concerned with pleasing others you learn that in order to be effective at this you have to shut down your gut instincts your values your emotions Because being an individual rather than a mirror does not serve you in securing the love that you want. People pleasers can be drawn to abusive relationships and repelled from relationships that are abundantly loving because love has to feel earned in order to feel secure. In other words, if love is given too freely or easily, it doesn't feel safe. This means people pleasers can be drawn to relationships that are controlling. They feel safest when they defer to others. Emotionally withholding, they are driven by the need to secure affection, elated when they do. And even abusive, their lack of boundaries are exploited. There's a lot to chew on there, so we're going to stop for a second. This is a big duh moment for me. You're somebody who is prone to being a controller in a relationship. You're going to, on some level, desire to connect with someone that is going to allow you to control them. Again, consciously or subconsciously, doesn't matter. And you're going to lock in on that person who is going above and beyond to make everybody happy that does everything they can to blend in because they're the easiest path to getting what you want. And that's why people that are natural people pleasers are so easily drawn into abusive relationships. Because they're already primed to try to do whatever it takes to get your love and approval. And that's why they often run for the hills until they see this pattern for themselves. Because they don't know what to do when put in a position where love is just there and they don't need to do anything for it. It doesn't compute and they're going to run to what they know. Even if it's abusive, controlling, their boundaries are blasted down with a bulldozer. People do what they do because it's what they know until they're ready for different, until they learn different. And you can't make them learn different until they're ready to learn different. Trust me. Another part of being vulnerable to abuse is that people pleasers are so easily gaslit because they are inclined to suppress their own instincts, values, and beliefs. They're infinitely more likely to defer to an abuser's version of events or narrative. This also means that fawn types often go through cycles of restricting emotionally, I can't be too much for others, and then purging emotionally, unloading onto a trusted person because the expectation to be perfect gets to be too much. I think this is why so many of us have eating disorders. Just an anecdotal observation, but I digress. Makes a lot of sense. Learn to dissociate from what they see. Learn not to trust your intuition. You learn not to trust your senses. You start thinking, What's wrong with me? Am I crazy? So and then they bottle it up. You know, occasionally they might unload on somebody they trust. But I've experienced too that if the person they trust really tries to encourage them to take a stand or walk away, often They'll push that person away as well because it's not what they're ready for. And he talks about why so many have eating disorders. But you could fill that in with a number of other things. Plug in your addiction here, you know? How many people pleasers, you know, drink or take pills or numb out on their phones or just find a way to just make the pain shut up so they don't have to deal with it? The fawn trauma response not intended to manipulate others, and it's not meant to be dishonest. Every single person presents a version of themselves to others. This merely describes how trauma informs that presentation on an often unconscious level. The fawn response is driven by fear, not a hidden agenda. The fawn type is less about manipulation because it's not being used to overpower someone. Instead, It's an excessive relinquishing of personal power driven by fear and a desire for validation. Yeah, let's take a second to let some of that soak in. It's not a manipulation. It's not meant to play somebody or talk about trauma informing. A lot of times it's people doing what they need to do to get their basic needs met, to be safe, to not be hurt to stay alive, to be needed, to matter, and how it happens to be an unconscious reaction similar to fight, flight, or freeze because it comes from that same place, the amygdala, that takes over because it senses danger and it's doing what it can to not die. It's reactionary, which makes a ton of sense, but I never realized that that was a thing. For example... Someone who runs personal errands for their boss, despite it being not part of their job description, is not manipulating their boss into liking them. It won't work anyway. Their boss, testing those thin boundaries, is exploiting their need for approval. I was always one who saw that behavior as more of a manipulative kiss-ass than anything else, and I would be repulsed by it, turned off by it. I would judge those who... Use those behaviors because it looked like they were trying to get ahead. And some of them were. But it's interesting to acknowledge that for some people, it was a survival mechanism and not a manipulation. In more intimate relationships, this can show up as fawn types gravitating toward hot, cold dynamics. Where affection and love are offered unpredictably. This is where the emotional abuse comes into play. You have someone who is controlling who feels safest in relationships where they call the shots, and most loved when someone is actively seeking out their approval. Enter the fawn type. An abuser will offer validation only to keep the fawn type tethered, doing just what you barely need to do in order to keep getting the reaction that you want. You don't want them considering leaving, right? But they'll withdraw it before things feel secure to ensure that the pleaser will continue going out of their way to fawn, continually giving over their power and autonomy so the abuse can continue. I'm sharing this because, holy shit, my friends, the number of traumatic relationships I've thrown myself into, professionally, personally, and romantically, to get stuck in this cycle, with my self-esteem pulverized, has made my heart so heavy. It took stepping away from a friendship that had so thoroughly gaslit and demolished me while plummeting into the deep depths of anorexia, before I realized that chasing controlling, emotionally unavailable, even abusive people was crushing my spirit. I'm going to ask you something. Which of your friends do you cancel on? Personal experience. I had this tendency to bail on friends, partners, acquaintances, whoever, that were the most generous, warm, and emotionally available. I avoided those relationships where love was free and easy because it didn't feel earned. I didn't feel worthy. Which isn't to say that everyone with this trauma response does this, but we seek out the familiar. Which means many of us tend to avoid what feels unsafe. We do what we do because we know what we know. For people pleasers, we're so used to working endlessly hard in relationships, it's disorienting when we aren't asked to, as I was mentioning before. I made a Google doc, nah I seriously did, where I listed out people who were way too nice to me, and then I asked myself, do I like this person? Do I enjoy their company? If I did, I sent them a text message and told them I wanted to commit to spending more time with them. I was completely honest about my process with these folks, too. I said, listen, I get really scared when people are so nice to me. And you've always been nice to me. And I get afraid of disappointing you. But I want to change that because I just enjoy your company so very much. In my phone contacts, I put emojis by their names. I put strawberries next to people who were super loving. I put seedling emojis by folks who taught me things that made me think and grow. So when I saw a text from them, it reminded me that I should prioritize that message. And my life completely changed in every imaginable way. My strawberry people went from being acquaintances friendly to becoming chosen family that I literally could not imagine my life without. With the help of some amazing therapy... I grew to love myself so much that because love was being modeled for me in a healthy way. That one's really important. Being around people that not only know how to respect themselves, but how they'll love on you. And that's something that you can take and learn to model. It's not a flip of the switch. It doesn't happen overnight, especially if you're somebody who's really... Used to beating the crap out of yourself. It takes a lot of time to build yourself back up. It takes baby steps. There are going to be points where things aren't going to make sense and you're going to want to tune them out. And it's going to be really hard to stay in the room and hear them, especially compliments. Compliments that are unsolicited that you didn't have to fight and scrape for to have life breathed into you. It takes time to learn, to believe it. It's a skill It's like shooting a basketball or riding a bike, learning how to be loved if you haven't had that experience in your life. A resource that is mentioned here that I haven't gotten to yet, but I've heard good things about is a book by Pete Walker called Complex PTSD, From Surviving to Thriving, a guide and map for recovering from childhood trauma. It's really damn good. And it talks about fawn types in more detail. Most of all though, I just want to validate the hell out of you. I understand the very hellish cycle that we find ourselves in when we're consumed by this idea that we need to be exactly enough and that, if we measure it out correctly, we'll never be hurt or hurt another again. But relationships involve putting ourselves in harm's way sometimes. What they should not involve, though, is self-harm. And ultimately, that's what fawning does. We're harming ourselves. We're making ourselves smaller. We are self-silencing. And we're punishing ourselves Many of us learn, and this is me talking, that if we jump on our own grenade first and we beat ourselves up before somebody else can, then they can't hurt us as much. It takes the sting out and ego defense, a thing we do to keep ourselves safe. We can control it if we do it, right? But let me ask you an honest question. Did it really? Did it really make anything any better? Or did it just pile on and was just another opportunity to deny yourself what you really needed how does that feel when i say that as i'll tell you it makes me uncomfortable there's definitely a lot of things in here that have woken me up can't lie but let me get back to this you are allowed to have all the feelings you are allowed to take up all the space you're allowed to be everything that you are and then some the right people your people will love you even more when they see how expansive your life becomes when you give yourself that space. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. But I want you to know that it's a process you can begin at any time. It's never too late to give yourself permission to be, to show up more authentically, and to find those who will celebrate you for it. I promise you that. It was really long, but even if one of you is like, wait, fuck this, I'm going to let myself be loved, then it's 100% worth anything lost in the process. And to them, I am sorry for flooding your Twitter feed, but I did it out of love. Again, he's on Twitter, at Sam Dylan Finch. I'd love to hear what comes through for you in that whole process. That was some pretty powerful stuff. Certainly opened up a can of worms for me realize that so much of what I used to do, even some of what I currently do and don't want to admit, there's still an element of don't hurt me watering down to it. Fear of offending people I respect or making life more complicated for others. Sometimes the ego makes things a lot more dangerous and risky and more doomed scenario than it really does. For a large chunk of my ego, they absolutely are. And the defense mechanisms in the ego, they exist to keep us from not dying, either directly or indirectly with fawning being part of that whole fight-flight-freeze mechanism like we talked about with the amygdala hijacking. In the process, like with the other stuff, you know, it's a different way to deal with the angry bear coming at you. And the amygdala hijacks the prefrontal cortex, takes out your logical thought, which shuts down everything it deems unnecessary in order to fight that angry bear. It can include, you know, besides the more evolved areas of our brain that can handle the logical and the complex, when we feel safe, you know, of course that stuff functions a whole lot better. When we feel we're not, getting through this is trying to break into Fort Knox until you learn to navigate through it. If any of this resonates, it's worth learning to take a step, learning to connect to people that are willing to see you where you are and love and support you in that space. And starting from there... And again, remembering, it is baby steps. This is a process. It's not going to be abracadabra, no more people-pleasing, no more fawning. That's not true with any of this. It's always a journey. It's always a process. It's always going to be hard work. It's going to be stumbling. It's going to be correcting yourself and learning not to beat yourself up in that process. And there's this help for you out there. That all felt really important to dive into, and I appreciate you coming along for the ride. Just know that this is simply the starting point of the conversation, with so much more to discuss, explore, and discover along the way. I invite you to comment, review, and if it calls to you, share this with the people you love. I would be honored to hear what you're thinking, and you're welcome to leave a message on most social media at Beacon Road 10 If you want to hear more, be supported, or simply continue the conversation, I invite you to follow and to join our private community for Misfits, Wanderers, and the rest of us. It's an easy search over on Facebook. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. Take care, and see you again soon all content is the property of the respective creators all opinions are solely those of the participants and do not reflect those of any of the hosting platforms misfits wanderers and the rest of us is produced through beacon road ministry copyright 2021 all rights reserved